Hello, everyone. Welcome back to another edition of Star Sound Speaks. This is your host, Irliana Samsara, with episode 177. So, your weekly astro for the week of July 10th through the 16th. Um, this episode, we are going to cover the, the two uh, things that are happening this week, and um, that is the full moon on uh, Wednesday, July 13th. And, and Mercury Kazemi in Cancer. So um, I'll get deep into the uh, into the full moon, and I'll explain, you know, why this is a this is um, a, a full moon that might not on the surface be very comfortable, but certainly um, has a lot of rewards. I'll explain exactly what that is, and also just some uh, some cool music that I found inspiring. That kind of just you know these things just land in my lap as I'm planning and planning, and things just drop into my consciousness as like to what to add. So it's an interesting process making these podcasts. Anyway, um, so that's what I'm going to do, and I'm going to take you through the um, you know it's a very mystical full moon. I'm going to take you through all 12 zodiac signs to see where this is going to be occurring in your in your chart. And that's what we've got for today. So um, the full moon, yeah, this week, of course, the, the full moon being um, in the sign of um, in the sign of Capricorn, right? So of all of you Capricorn suns, this is the full moon of your year. This is like the halfway point since December, January, when when you were uh, had your birthday. So this is about things in your life path coming to fruition. And then for the rest of us, uh, this full moon is, a, uh, like I said, it's 21 degrees of Capricorn. So first we'll describe, you know, what is, what, well, let's remember what a full moon is and what it does and what it shows us and provides us with. And uh, we'll talk about the host and what the specific features of this is, and, and we'll move from there. So, uh, a full moon is, um, you know, because we had the new moon in Cancer, so the full moon's always the opposite sign, Capricorn. And, and you know, when we're sowing seeds on a new moon, the full moon is when they come to fruition or they come to completion, all the tasks and the things that we chose to undertake regarding Cancer. So it's emotions, vulnerability, intimacy, healing, comfort, all of those Cancerian, the womb, mothering, being a mother to ourselves, being a mother to others. All of these things are are very uh, much the keywords for a Cancer uh, new moon. So with the full moon in the opposite sign, it's like okay, it's bringing this to fruition and it's having us look. And there's always some revealings around full moons. Um, so there's things that that we've been working on come to completion and fulfillment in those areas. They come to term as if like the fruit, you know, the tree is planted on the the seeds of on the on the new moon, and then the tree grows in the first quarter moon really gets going and then at the full moon the tree bears fruit and so there's illumination going on you know you think about the, the moon is full there's a lot of light in the sky so it's showing us things that maybe we weren't aware of and i would say it's that counterpoint you know we always have to have that point and counterpoint in order for us to evolve um, sometimes it's about endings and things uh, especially with this one because um, the moon the host of the of this full moon because it's in capricorn the host is saturn right so saturn is has always been associated with endings aging endings you know retirement uh, the, the whole idea about um you, you know saturn was also you know connected with agriculture so you think about the harvest 
Uh, we think about what, you know, you reap what you sow. So there's this karmic element, you know, and one's dharma is, is definitely wrapped up with this uh, full moon. And um, so we look at the, the conditions of, you know, look at the host. Where is the host right now? And then this is going to give us some clues. So the host Saturn is right now is retrograde, right? Started retrograde a couple of weeks ago. Saturn is in its two, two home signs, you know, for planets, except for the sun and the moon. Every planet has two home signs. And Saturn, it's Capricorn and Aquarius. So Saturn right now is retrograde. So it's taking a high path, stepping back from its slog through through the sign of Aquarius and it's giving us a a kind of you know moving us in a more um an exalted direction where we're in motion with the sun so it's giving us that where we're looking at our soul and our soul purpose really the big picture you know standing on the mountain is my favorite metaphor for a planet and retrograde, especially Saturn rules mountains. So we're looking at the big picture. So the, um, the fact that Saturn is domicile, in domicile in Aquarius, so we're thinking about our plans and how we want our future to look and what, what is the legacy that we want to leave. And, um, and so Saturn is, is retrograde and it's also in what we call aversion in, in Hellenistic, traditional Hellenistic astrology. So if you're new to this channel, I do Hellenistic astrology, which is also known as traditional astrology, and I blend it with, with modern, so it's ancient and modern. But um, in Saturn is in the sign next to Capricorn right now, so that is that means that it's an inversion. So Saturn can't see the moon right now. And so when, that, when it can't see, it's a little challenging. It's like the moon can't really get its needs met if the host is not around and, and not seen. And so um, that can be a little challenge. And what it will require for us is patience, patience and um, steadiness and staying steadfast. Um, also stepping into our power and not giving it to something else outside of ourselves to, in order to fulfill and to become into integrity and accountability and responsibility is like saying it's ultimately you know, up to us. Um, so the moon is in, uh, in Capricorn is also because it's in the opposite sign of its, if it's, of its home base of cancer, it's in exile. So it's far from home, right? The moon, Saturn and the moon are the opposite ends of the, of the ancient solar system, right? So it's very hard to feel comfy, cushy, all that warm, fuzzy Cancerian, you know, the fuzzy teddy bear, you know, and the fuzzy slippers. It's like very hard to, to feel that connected when you're far from home. You've got a granite slab for a seat, not a velvet meditation cushion, you know, so it's not easy. Um, furthermore, um, it's conjunct Pluto. So you're thinking, oh my God, first of all, it's an exile. You know, the host can't see the moon. And it's conjunct Pluto, that scary Pluto, right? The god of hell, as many of us called it. Well, yes, it's the god of hell, but I'm going to talk to you a, a little bit about that. There's, there's some uh, qualifications I want to give you about this, and I think it'll take, uh, certainly will take a lot of the fear out of this. Um, why, so why would that be auspicious? Well, um, let's start with the fact that um, 
this particular full moon is in, in, the, in the Vedic culture of India and in Tibet, this uh, full moon in Capricorn is called Guru Purnima. It's an annual, right, happens every year. And this is when in, in the culture of India where uh, people honor their teacher, they honor the guru, right? The, who is it, what is a guru? The, the word guru, it, the, the root syllables of guru is, means dispeller of ignorance dispeller of darkness and isn't isn't that what a guru or teacher does right it is he he or she assists us and it's about seeing our blind spots so a full moon you know this is when we honor our teachers and our ancestors um especially with you know in, in capricorn our ancestors our teachers and even our parents because our parents were our first teachers right before we get sent off to other teachers and so we honor them and, um, and we honor them and thank them for showing us our blind spots, you know, and being there as a support and to call us to be with accountability. And so, um, you know, you, we might use this full moon to, to really take that moment and do it, you know, set up a nice altar or whatever you have if you don't have one or honoring in some way, writing, journaling, prayer, mantra, for honoring the ancestors and um, helping us to see our blind spots. This particular full moon might have a very purgative emotional aspect more so. I mean, all full moons are rather emotional, but in the very stoic sign of Capricorn, you're like, hmm, where did the emotion be coming from? Well, it's conjunct Pluto. So that can be a volcanic and releasing purgative experience heading our way between now and Wednesday, it'll peak on Wednesday. And we see, as we can just pull that up, that screen up right here. And here it is set for Washington DC. And as we can see here, we have the, um, we have the full moon and it's very close, right? Very close to Capricorn. I mean, sorry, very close to Pluto. And that, it's not such a great color, so I'm going to make it pink. Yep, here's a little, little better to see. Um, it's Mercury is also um, under the beams, right? It, it's um, it's actually combust. It's four degrees from the sun, but later in the week, and I'm going to talk about that in, in a little bit in just a bit. This is going to come into Kazemi, so I'll explain what that is, and then you know who do we talk to when that's happening, and what kind of a mystical experience is that? So we'll get into that, but. What's nice about this moon is, you know, the Pluto thing is, it's very auspicious because, um, you know, we think of Pluto, it, it is the scary place. It's, it's causing, it's bringing forth us, uh, this new moon, this full moon is like shining a flashlight on these deep dark corners of our psyche where we've been very afraid to look. It's like taking one of those giant halogen flashlights and shining it into a sewer or a basement hole things that we've covered up, things that are taboo, that have been painful and maybe suppressed, or emotions and suppression around taboo subjects, sexuality, we're talking Pluto here, so it's our very life force, life, death, sexuality, fear, subconscious patterns, all of these things coming to the fore in, in this powerful uh, full moon. And we might consider, um, you know, so of course that can be very scary to the psyche that just wants comfort. You know, the moon's in, not in a comfort zone, like, like we were saying. However, um, I want to bring, I want to show you 
a really interesting thing that I read this morning and it really jumped out at me. I'm reading Madame Blavatsky's book, Isis Unveiled, Secrets of the Ancient Wisdom Tradition. Madame Blavatsky's first work before the secret doctrine. Many of you might be familiar with her. She was really like the first feminist and the first Russian noblewoman, um, very independent thinker, you know, came under a lot of fire for that, got a lot of flack. Um, but um, I'm going to bring your attention to this one thing that she says here. And it's about, um, she mentions Pluto. She's talking about the difference between the church, like, you know, Orthodox Christianity and heathen, heathen faiths, like the pagan traditions. And she says, the only characteristic difference between modern Christianity and the old heathen faiths is the belief of the former, in other words, Christianity, in a personal devil and in hell. Max Mueller says, the Aryan nations had no devil. Aryan nations, of course, would be referring to India in the, in the ancient Indian culture's Vedic tradition. The Aryan nations had no devil, says Max Mueller. Pluto, though of a somber character, was a very respectable personage. And Loki, the Scandinavian, though a mischievous person, was not a fiend. So Loki is the Scandinavian equivalent of Mercury, the trickster. And sometimes Mercury can be, you know, he's also the like patron saint of <laughs> con artists, right? Thieves and, you know, duplicity and, and uh, chicanery, trickery. But Loki was not a fiend. Okay, so Pluto was very respectable. And she said, the same may be said of hell. Hades was quite a different place from our region of eternal damnation and might be termed rather an intermediate state of purification. So I love that. It's a quite a different take um, than, than what we were brought up, at least, you know, in the Christian faith whether you're Catholic or Protestant, you know, it's always that thing about hell and eternal damnation and avoiding it, you know, the fear of that. Well, what she was saying is it wasn't really any of that at all. Um, neither, as she goes on, neither does the Scandinavian hell, H-E-L, which is where the word hell came from, Scandinavian root, hell or hela, neither imply either a state or a place of punishment. For when Frigga, the grief-stricken mother of Baldur, the white god, who died and found himself in the dark abodes of the shadows, Hades, sent Hermod, a son of Thor, in quest of her beloved child. So Frigga sending Hermod in to find her beloved son, Baldur. The messenger found him in the inexorable region, alas, but still comfortably seated on a rock and reading a book. That's, that's not too hellish, right? So he's like in this contemplative place. The Norse kingdom of the dead is moreover situated in the higher latitudes of the polar regions. It is a cold and cheerless abode and near, neither the gelid halls of Hela nor the occupation of Balder, sitting reading a book on a rock, presents the least similitude to the blazing hell of eternal fire and miserable damned sinners with which the church so generously peoples it. Neither does the Egyptian Amenti, the region of judgment and purification, nor the Andera, the abyss of darkness for the Hindus. 
for even the fallen angels hurled into it by Shiva are allowed by Parabrahman to consider, to consider it as an intermediate state. So it's not the end, big difference. It's an intermediate state in which an opportunity is afforded them to prepare for higher degrees of purification and redemption from their wretched condition. And it goes on and on. But anyway, just wanted to share that. I just thought that was very profound. So as we move into this full moon, it's a great invitation to be mindful of the true original meaning of hell or hela was this intermediate state. I guess in the Tibetan Book of the Dead, they talk about the intermediate state, the bardos. So it's like we get to move through this bardo of the full moon conjunct Pluto, where we get to see that this is a place of contemplation and it's a place of purification. And it's a place where we can safely bring, with the help of our ancestors, our light body, our, our pain body, and look and see, okay, what do we have to give up, right? Transformation always, always um, means that we must surrender something, right? So that's, that's the process of transformation. It's in giving up something that we gain something. And so what fears are we clinging to for this full moon in Capricorn that we have to, that what, full, what fears are we clinging to that we must let go of in order to purify, in order to reprogram, in order to renew ourselves, in order to transform our experience. So we will get this opportunity uh, for, this, for this particular full moon. Um, the fact is that um, what's nice at helping, there's two planets helping this process. Um, this full moon is, as you can see here, sextiling Neptune. So here it is, and that's, here's Neptune. And there is the sextile, 60 degrees apart. So it, it is, there's this ease and connection with accessing these unseen realms of the ancestors. And there's this, I would say this with Neptune retrograde in Pisces, a higher measure of divine grace that is being given to us for this particular full moon, Guru Purnima. And, um, and there's also a trine by, not by degree exactly, but it, it has just passed an exact trine with Uranus. But you see here's, sorry about that. Clear. Oh, my, my Virgo thing. I got to clear that. Make a nice straight line. Where's that arrow? Here it is. Okay. So here is this wonderful um, trine with Uranus. So what that's saying is there is some brilliant insights. Uranus, the planet of sudden, you know, self-realization, enlightenment, Kundalini, you know, light bulb moments, right? These aha moments can enter our consciousness, you know, if we are in this, this place. So he, he, there's all this wonderful help that's available to us. But I would say for sure, um, you know, in this emotional, very possibly cathartic experience um, with the moon conjunct Pluto, and then also, you know, with that Neptune there, it's very emotional, um, we can uh, come home. This is how we come home to ourselves. This is a healthy container, Capricorn, right? These boundaries. So what is this container that we must create for ourselves that is free from past conditioning, that is free from the pain body of, of humanity and of our own family karma, 
whether it's our own biological family, a family of origin, or a family, what, however you define family, this is a this is a place and an opportunity for us to to uh, come to a greater awareness of these things and use it to reprogram. Um, so I would say, you know, perhaps what what are we hanging on to when you think about cancer? The shadow side of cancer is clinging, clinging to the past, conjunct Pluto, clinging to past toxic, subconscious, deeply buried patterns, right? So these things may very well surface in our engagement with this full moon. You know, you can really count on it. Um, Capricorn is about physical wealth. Where Saturn in the sign and the Earth sign of Capricorn, it's cardinal Earth. So you think about physical wealth, the wealth of the Earth. Um, we think about home and food and resources. So this lack of comfort, this fact that we have an exiled moon, this lack of, of warm fuzzy is actually a good thing because it's having us wake up. And um, I would say, you know, take out the trash. Take out the trash. This is the full moon to take out the trash with the help of Divine Mother and the ancestors, uh, the, the trine with Uranus, you know, connecting with others in new and uh, amazingly unique and innovative ways of making connections with the earth and with each other. And there, there are great insights to be had. You know, in the, in the collective, you could see this um, as uh, legislation, you know, like th there's this great disappointment coming out of the roadway decision. And I just read this yesterday in the news that Brett Kavanaugh was, uh, had to take the back door out of the Morton's restaurant in DC because there was all these protesters that showed up that kind of, I don't know, was out on the sidewalk and they made this big ruckus and he had to leave the back door. And, um, and so, you know, there is this feeling of, um, you know, to me, it's like, okay, for real change, that, that's there's a lot of pain body, right, that's being expressed, but it's that kind of thing is not, I'm not trying to preach here, I'm just simply sharing that we have to come back to ourselves and remind ourselves that we have enormous power to make things happen that are, that are good and longstanding change, and we can channel our anger into passion, into action that's going to be fruitful. And so, um, you know, instead of spending it in that kind of a way, which really doesn't result in anything, it just really creates more angst, you know, we want to remind ourselves to bring ourselves back to constructive movement and constructive action and empowering ourselves that way. On the personal side, this could look like, um, you know, our resources, like for instance, you know, in your, your the air conditioner breaks down in your home and on a hot day and, and it's, we're out of our comfort zone and it's not easy and we're confronting sweat, you know, and in, the, in a hot summer day in the Northern hemisphere, it's the heat of, uh, you know, we have these heat waves in all in the States. And so that having a broken air conditioner um, would not be um, exactly, um, you know, it's not a jolly place, but that lack of comfort can really wake us up. So um, I want to also bring you to, uh, let me see, I'm going to share my screen on this. Um, yeah, hold on a second. Yeah, there's this, uh, the Sabian symbol for this, um, 
full moon in Capricorn at 21 degrees Capricorn. I'm going to read this to you. It is um, the image is saying, and this this speaks to that too about the ability to um, making change and 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 all and uh, in the face of this these this you know can be a difficult uh, challenging to the comfort zone full moon. It says here, um, the Sabian symbol for this is by accepting defeat gracefully, a general reveals nobility of character. The realization that one may grow through defeat as well as, and perhaps more than through success. So I wanna give that to all of us that are you know, reeling from the, uh, our, our, the recent decision with Roe Wade and a loss of constitutional rights. Um, federally, you know, protected by the Constitution, to you know this ray of hope that's saying, you know, you can grow, and where whatever it is that we are feeling defeated at, in, but I'm just saying that obviously in Cancer season that's a particularly loud one, and this um, particular um, the um, the planet series, by the way, is uh, conjunct this. I can show that back to you here. Um, as you can see here in the, um, in the diagram, Ceres is conjunct the, uh, is in opposition to this uh, full moon by a few degrees. So Ceres is the goddess of agriculture, grain, food, nurturing, who and what nurtures us, how are we nurtured, how are we not nurtured, you know, so that's, that's playing, it's very loud right now in the collective. So what I'm saying is with this um, particular Sabian symbol, I'm thinking about that with, um, with women, you know, and the women and the, the fact that, you know, this was a loss of care, right, with reproductive rights, but knowing that you can grow through defeat. So there is, it's not over. And um, just like Pluto represents that middle state of contemplation and purification. So we retreat and we, not in defeat, but we're retreating to rethink ourselves and re reorganize and um, take in what has happened and get powerful around it. Um, it said he, it says here uh, while the about the Sabian symbol, um, that while the preceding symbol referred to the drive towards success in culturally organized collective endeavors, this one presents us the, with the possibility of turning apparent external defeat into an inner spiritual achievement. We have recently seen how totally vanquished nations, Germany and Japan, have leaped forward and achieved great economic success. You think about how they suffered such great defeat at the end of World War II. Much depends on the quality of the will and the inner integrity of the person. So that's definitely about Capricorn, right? The drivenness and the integrity and responsibility coming into one's power. At this second stage, we find what seems to be a paradox, but the spiritual life is always paradoxical. The great sinner can become the most renowned saint and a medieval Pope, a criminal. What matters most always is inner strength. So just wanted to share that. All right, so that's that's what um, the whole gist of the full moon. And now I'm going to just run quickly through it in what house is your, we're gonna go, go by rising sign. So where's this full moon occurring for you and what you, might you expect? So remember we were talking about 
where do we need to take out the trash? What unconscious patterns are holding us back? What are we clinging to? So if you have Capricorn rising, where, where are you, you know, there's this cathartic realizations and about uh, your pain body as it, as it relates to your health, your appearance, your character. I would say with the full moon and Capricorn, you know, are you afraid to go to the dentist? Are you afraid to have your knees checked or your, your spine? <laughs> or is there something hidden that you've been afraid of confronting with your health? So take that responsibility on and put on your big boy, big girl underwear and, you know, march forth, knowing that you have the support of elders. Call on those elders. Operators are standing by. Don't be afraid. Okay, second house, Sag rising. The full moon is in your second house. So it's asking you about your finances. Is there a loss of money? Are you clinging on for a fear of loss of money? Uh, over material possessions. This is like really calling us to, with Sag, it's about faith and intuition and trusting our intuition and, and having faith. Uh, Scorpio, it's going to be for you Scorpio risings. This full moon is in your third house. So that rules neighbors, cousins, in-laws, siblings, one's community, local community, also communications, education, learning, listening, speaking. Um, daily routines. So maybe it's about what are you unconscious of and what what old unconscious patterns are you clinging to regarding those areas. In the fourth house, um, Libra rising, you, we have the, um, the, the full moon is in the fourth, and that would regard home, roots, family, ancestors. So maybe there's some old baggage to purge or to, to bring some love and attention and mindfulness to. Uh, fifth house, so Virgo risings, this is in your fifth house, and this is about, um, which is about, you know, are you afraid to have fun? Are you afraid to let go and go on an adventure and take risks and play and be an inner child or pursue hobbies? Um, are you uh, being nurtured by hobbies or maybe you're not, maybe you're not allowing yourself that. So what is it that has you so scared to run out and have a good time? Getting serious around looking at that. Uh, it also rules fertility, pregnancy, children. So, you know, all those areas too, places to look. Uh, for all of you Leo risings, uh, it's in your sixth house of work, service, uh, maybe places that you struggle with. Maybe there's health issues and health struggles. Are, are you overworking? Are you obsessed and not willing to let go? Um, are you, do you have some boundaries that you need to reconfigure around work and health? Uh, for you Cancer Risings, this full moon is in your seventh house. So that's all about our relations, our relationships, intimate one-to-one -one partnerships, long-term relationships, business partners, marriage partners. Um, it, it also, in ancient astrology, it rules sex and uh, sexuality and, you know, uh, procreation right it's the it's the sun setting you know it's like the the um the movement into this you know it's the end of the day when we go home and we just let go of the day and we we procreate you know we we, we create um outrageous union right we unifying the, the yin and the yang and and uh one life into the into the other 
Um, but this is about maybe bringing some compassion and some uh, tenderness. Um, maybe we're clinging too tightly to relationships. Maybe we need to lighten up with, with our spouse or partner. Um, maybe we need to let go of a fear of loss. Uh, for us, um, let's see, for those, um, all of the Gemini risings, this is in your eighth house. The eighth house is always around debts. Um, it could be actual financial debt or things that are owed to us or that we owe others. Um, it, is, it could also be like karmic debt, right? Soul connections, soul agreements, soul bonds, and all of the above. It's related to death, sex, death, and taxes. Very easy way to <laughs> start in on the eighth house. Um, who are we indebted to? Who are, are we afraid of being indebted to somebody? Do we feel that they're going to control us or are we going to be honest? Are we going to manipulate them? So these are some of the, um, you know, considerations. Um, for all of you Taurus risings, this is happening in your ninth house, which is spirituality, higher learning, travel, um, you know, um, where have you been tending or not tending and not taking care of yourself with your spiritual practices with your um are you have you been open have you been in faith have you been open to um new new ways of 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 exploring these things uh for you 10th house aries rising 10th house this full moon is regarding your career and your reputation maybe it's a checking in point around your career goals and um some maybe some agendas that you re didn't realize you had that are really operating in the background. Um, for you Pisces rising, this is in your 11th house. So that the 11th has to do with one's allies and groups and colleagues and groups and group organizations, a tribe, a spiritual community. Um, maybe there's it's about hopes and dreams and wishes and friends. Maybe there's about, um, are you taking care of your friends or are your friends clinging to you? Are they, are they healthy? Are these friends toxic from the past? Are they built on a foundation of, of some unhealthy codependency or is there some real genuine um, renewal and reprogramming available? Will they give you that or will you give them that? Um, that kind of, uh, when I say reprogramming, you know, a, a sense of renewal and not being like the shadow Pluto of hanging on and clinging, but really um, letting go, right? Letting go of fear and, um, and however the chips may fall. You know, sometimes it means about letting go of friends, things come to a head and, and we let go of these, these um, unhealthy associations. And the 12th house um, for Aquarius rising. This is in your 12th house, which is a really, you know, it's the hardest house in the zodiac. It really is. It's the joy of Saturn. So there's a lot about, you know, a cold sort of introspective, a very, but it's also a very mystical house. It's like this hermetic, um, mystical exploration in silence and solitude, and where you can really do your best work about what is what is um, bringing um, pain, what, what pains come up, or maybe pains that you're not aware of that are running you that you can't see. So it's like a major house of blind spots, house of self-sabotage. So that's the full moon. Okay. Um, and so now we're just going to wrap this up by talking about uh, Mercury Kazemi, Saturday, July 16th. I know we have this Mercury, this Kazemi club. Um, so before I say that is I want to remind everybody, I put this on the July uh, astrology uh, podcast, 
um, if you haven't listened to that, the entire month of July overview. Um, but um, Saturday, July 16th, 988 launches. So 988 is the mental health 911. This is stupendous. It's Mercury and Cancer. You know, they, Mercury is not in domicile. It's not a bad place, but it's not in domicile either. So it's a, it's a mute sign, Cancer. So it's interesting because of all the things to launch is, you know, a, a hotline where people are going to listen. It's like the people on the other end of the line are listening from a place of care. So Mercury and Cancer is speaking and listening with compassion and care. So in that regard, I think it's pretty cool. And so um, please share that with whoever you can. If you know anyone, yourself or others that are going through a hard time that need support, of course, it's 24-7. This was a special hotline set up by the federal government. Um, in addition to the regular national suicide hotline, this is just simple, right? 988. What is that numerically? 9817825. So it's a seven. Spirituality, where matter and spirit come together so people can get help. So definitely um, great, great to have that. So Mercury is Kazemi um, in Eastern Standard Time for like 11 minutes on um, 3.34 p.m. to 3.45 p.m. Eastern Standard Time on Saturday, July 16th. And uh, Mercury is going to be at 25 degrees of Cancer. So it's exactly conjunct the sun. That's what Kazemi means. There's an exact lineup, hour, you know, degree and minute. And what does that mean? Well, it's actually a very magical portal because before the planet arrives at this, into the throne room of the sun, right? Like the palace of Versailles where you're meeting the king and the queen. Um, it's, it's tough to get in there, right? You got a lot of guards, <laughs> rough, right? But once you're in, it's like this magical window. And it's like you have this ear, the ear of, I'll say in this case with cancer, we have the ear of divine mother. And so we are listening, we, we have an opportunity to get a complete deep download where it's just you and Divine Mother. And then you, you hear this you know, outrageous revelation or experience it, and then you take that with you. you know, we, we can take this, these insights and carry them forth and use them to, to move ourselves forward. So Mercury Kazemi, um, and it's also in a trine with Neptune, right? So this is a very mystical dimension about being heard and, and compassionately being taken care of. So I found to share your emotions. It's like, to me, it's like you get to, you get into a palace. It's like you get to the North Pole and there's Santa and you get to sit on Santa's knee and you're like, okay, but Santa's like divine mother. And it's like, okay, what ails you? Talk to me. You know, like, I'm your mother. Talk to me. What do you need? Do you need to cry on my bosom? Do you, do you need a hug? You know, it's like, this is our, this is a very magical window. You know, astro mages use Kazemis in this fashion. So what would we like to share? Um, what would we like to share with the divine? What would we like to share with others that will bring us more closely emotionally bonded with each other? How can we come from a place of compassion and care with our speaking, with our verbiage, with our listening and speaking? Here's a great picture I found for, for everybody. Let's go pull that up. Okay. Here it is. Here's Divine Mother. Isn't this beautiful? Think of this image if you need an image. You know, here's Divine Mother with her heart wide open, hot pink, 
heart chakra and here's the baby it's almost like you know here's us our little babies and and we're held in her womb and we get to feel love and connection and vulnerability so um yeah roses right unconditional love nothing but love love and care um for um I'm putting the link below and, and, you know, tell me what you think about this, but um, I really, I love hearing from all of you guys. You're so sweet, little comments. Um, there is um, an, a, an idea came to me as I was making this podcast. It's a Jayu Tal, which is one of my favorite, maybe my most favorite mantra, Kirtan musician. He's like Grammy nominated, brilliant guy. Um, he, wrote years ago he recorded a cover of the Beatles song Tomorrow Never Knows from the 1966 Beatles Revolver album and it's um you know the the lyrics are lay down and stream and let go and it's like really really beautiful so um I just feel it's so perfectly attuned to the spirit of Mercury Kazemi and 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 really cancer season at large which you know we still have what about 10 more, 11 more days of this, of cancer. So go for it. I'm gonna, let me pull up those lyrics because they really are beautiful. I'm not gonna sing them, and, but I want you to listen to Jai. So I'm putting Jai's, the link that I found online to his cover. So he mixes the Beatles revolver uh, song of um, Tomorrow Never Knows, and he mixes it with a, a, an ancient, a kirtan of Harashiva Shankara which is a, a in um, Sanskrit that's calling forth Shiva, the god of transformation. Shankara is another name for Shiva. So Pluto, right? <laughs> there, there he is again, right? So purification, right? It's not the end. We're just getting purified. So we come out renewed. And, um, and so anyway, let me go, hold on a second. Just be right back. Okay. This is the Beatles, Tomorrow Never Knows. Turn off your mind, relax and float downstream. It is not dying. It is not dying. I told you I wasn't gonna sing, but here I am singing. <laughs> Please hang in there with me. <laughs> Lay down all thought, surrender to the void. It is shining, it is shining that you may see the meaning of within. It is being, it is being. That love is all and love is everyone. It's so Cancerian. It is knowing, it is knowing that ignorance and hate may mourn the dead. It is believing, it is believing. But listen to the color of your dreams. It is not living, it is not living. Or play the game, existence to the end of the beginning, of the beginning. And then as he does that, he's linking in Hara Shiva Shankara She Shankara She Kara Hara Bom Hara Bom 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 Bolo Pava Bayankara Girija Shankara Dimi 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 Takanantana Kelo. So it's really beautiful. Um, that Sanskrit mantra, as, as we recall, it is about the Dimi 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 
Takanam Tanakilo is the dissolution of form. So we are washing away with, I feel to say, you know, Divine Mother's compassion and her tears, we are washing away and coming into the now. And so um, washing away all that that is not us. So that's what I wanted to share. What, listen to that video. He is amazing. If you've never heard of him, he's just uh, the most awesome uh, musician. Uh, truly, truly amazing. Actually, I just found out, I had to look up his birthday. He's a Gemini. He just had his birthday. I knew he was a magician. Actually, I saw him live once many, many years ago. Incredible. It was like a little private living room concert. And uh, yeah, I was like, this man is a magician. He really is. He's a Gemini. And he has a stellium with Mercury in conjunct the sun um and it's in his chariot so he's he's got a, a major blessing going on um and uh i don't know his birth time so I, I couldn't say what his rising is but he's he just turned 71 uh last month so i can't believe it like i you know makes me feel old but anyway um so anyway that's all i've got for you and i hope you've enjoyed this and please remember to like share subscribe it really helps us and i love hearing from you all and anything i can do to help you um answer questions uh please let me know always great to hear from you guys so all right my dears um much much love and um have a wonderful week and we'll see you all and a great great empowering uh full moon okay see you all next time this is Irliana samsara star sound speaks starsoundastrology.com. Thank you all for listening. Bye.